What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about the delicious StravaCraft coffee. StravaCraft coffee is rich CBD-infused coffee that you can purchase in K-cups for your Keurig, whole bean, or ground. And guys, Strava is so delicious, but it also has that infusion of CBD, which helps with anything going on with your body, aches, pains, migraines, anything going on, StravaCraft coffee helps relieve that. And also, it helps relieve those coffee jitters if you get those. So it's a perfect two-on punch to get you going and to also help keep those coffee jitters out. And if you use that code DNVR20, that magical code, you'll get 20% off your online purchase. So check out Strava Craft Coffee. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast on this Tuesday edition, this training camp Tuesday edition. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my main man, Andrew Mason. And before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. Guys, MSU Denver puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. And we have a couple people uh, here at DNVR taking some classes at MSU Denver Online. And boy, they only have fantastic things to say about it. The number one thing they say is these classes prepare you for the real life. They're not just forcing you to read out of textbooks just to learn something. They're giving you real life knowledge. And that's exactly what you need when you're going to college. So make sure to check out msudenver.edu slash online to see the 40 online hybrid programs they have in the 750 classes. My boy, Mace, what's up? Happy to be back with you. Great to have you back, Zach. And uh, there's no tiptoeing back for you. It's full tilt. Broncos players at large starting to report. And we've already heard from John Elway and Vic Fangio as players start getting back in the building. Of course, it's going to take some time before they're on the field because they have to go through multiple COVID-19 tests. But, hey, you're back and. It's raring to go. Let's get on. I'm back. The Broncos are back, Mason. I'm happy to be rolling with you today. And man, like you said, we just talked to John Elway and Vic Fangio to kick off the 2020 training camp and the 2020 season. All of the rookies are officially signed now. It is football time. So Mace, what was your biggest takeaway from talking to John and Vic? Well, I mean, it's it's interesting because Vic you know, kind of got into some of the nitty gritty about how uh, things are going to look. He mentioned that there may be a couple of practices at the stadium to get some of the younger guys acclimated. He even said when I asked him about making sure that the undrafted guys, the back of the roster guys get an opportunity, that there could be some live full contact play in practice, which you wouldn't ordinarily need because you'd have the preseason games. But all of that is sort of part of the bigger picture here in that it is, it's a different environment. And while John Elway says he's not going to use that as an excuse, there's a, you know, I think 
I listened to John Elway and I thought there's a difference between an excuse and a reason. So not an excuse for in, in general, but he did say that with the lack of offseason, fewer practices and pads, fewer no preseason games, that maybe the offensive expectations probably need to be tempered a little bit because of what's being lost. Yeah, you're exactly right. And there's, there's no expectations, but or, or there, there's, uh, there's no excuses, but that's, that's what John Elway said. And I think he's right. It's something that we've said this whole time. Uh, so it's not just looking at this through orange and blue glasses. He's completely right. Not only do you have a quarterback who's only started five games, you have a new offensive system. Uh, they have not been in the building together, the quarterback, all of these young players, uh, and with their offensive coordinator. They haven't now. Uh, John Elway did say that uh, Drew Locke has been throwing with his receivers a lot, which we know, which is good. But John really, really pressed on the idea that offense needs to be tempered. He said it'd be great to go out and score 40 points of the Titans week one, but that's not his expectation. He says we need to lean on the defense as we grow as an offense. And Mace, I think that's, that's spot on. That's money. That's true. And I think that's smart because if John Elway were to be the John Elway of four years ago and say Super Bowl or bust, this offense better be scoring 40 points week one. And I think it puts a lot of unfair, unnecessary pressure on Drew Locke. And then he may force things that he wouldn't have if John Elway isn't making these claims. So I, I think John Elway is doing the right thing by tempering expectations, even though that's not what we're used to in Broncos country. <laughs> yeah, and Vic also said something else about the offense in particular and talked about balance. So yeah. I think you got to temper the expectations for the fireworks, for the aerial circus here. This offense and this team, as it grasps what it's trying to do on that side of the ball, especially in the passing game, because I think you should be able to get the ground game up to speed sooner because you have two guys in Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay that bring experience and proven success. If the offensive line takes some steps forward, as I think we all expected to do, even though you're going to probably have rookie center out there, potentially in Lloyd Cushenberry, then the ground game could round into form first, but between Focusing on the defense and all the veterans you have over there and building off of a promising year despite not having Bradley Chubb, who looks like he's fully ready to go. It's another thing that came out today. And having issues at the cornerback position held its own for the most part. So it's going to be a team that maybe isn't going to light up the scoreboard on a weekly basis, but is going to be able to beat you in some, in some different ways. Maybe the, the, I think we're all excited about where this offense can go, but uh, maybe this year what you're saying is, okay, let's hope that this offense can be average in terms of its production, average in terms of its point production, uh, or yardage and point production, and then hopefully protect the ball, not put the defense in bad situations, and, May and, and try to win. This is kind of the way you were hoping to win a few years ago and didn't pull off. But with the array of targets that you do have when you drop back to pass, with two strong Pro Bowl running backs back there, and with a defense that should be able to get that interior pass rush that, that uh, you haven't really had in the last few years, 
that maybe you have the equation that's going to work, even though it may not be as sexy as we're all hoping for. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And speaking of that defense, you did mention Bradley Chubb. Vic Fangio said that Bradley Chubb is not 100%, but he's pretty darn close to being 100%. He will not start training camp on the PUP. He will be practicing with the team. Mace, that it's about the best report that we could have got from Bradley Chubb, I think, because I also think it was unrealistic to expect him to be 100% since there's been no football activity this offseason. And I think that the Broncos are, again, handling this the right way. There's no reason to play it so slow with him. If he's 95%, he should be practicing with the team. Uh, but also make it known that he may take a little bit to, to get up to full speed. And there are a lot of good reasons for that, not just pandemic-related and losing uh, the off-season work, but also because he's had a knee injury before. It's his second ACL problem over the years. So you want to take your time, make sure you get this right, get back to hundred, get him back to 100%, be cautious. So he's not going to be out there at full speed when camp starts. That's okay. And you know what? Maybe when you get to the regular season, you're easing him back into full work. Maybe when you play the Titans, he's playing 50% of the snaps. That's fine. You've got Jerry Atakshu there for a reason. He can step in and play quite a bit as well. So I'm okay taking the slow, measured approach to Bradley Chubb, getting him back, because you are counting on Bradley Chubb for the long term. If everything goes as you expect, he bounces back, has a big year, you, you make the easy decision to pick up the fifth-year option on him. You have to make that decision next offseason. It's amazing how fast all this comes. And then hopefully you start working on a long-term deal if he shows he can be productive. They should do nothing to jeopardize that. That's why caution is the best policy. Yep, absolutely, Mace. And speaking of more players on that defensive side, we found out from John Elway that Justin Simmons and the Broncos were, quote, far apart on the deal with Justin. Man, John could have just kept it with, with the beginning of his answer by saying, you know, there, there was just a lot of uncertainties with the way everything was going with COVID-19 uh, and, and the, the projections for the future and also the guaranteed money that he wanted. He could have stopped there, Mace, but he didn't. He then went and added on to that that the two sides were far apart when it comes to money. He did say that they, he was hopeful they'd be get a deal done next year. But, Mace, I don't know if we can now blame this all on COVID, why they didn't get a deal done. John Elway just told us that. Yeah, although it's interesting that he also did mention uh, not knowing what things were going to look like in terms of the budget and where the salary cap was going to be and having to uh, uh, get, get the bonus. And he talked about going to Joe Ellis and, you know, seeing where the, where the funds were. So I think it's a little bit of everything here. It's not, it, they were far apart. Some of it was pandemic related. Some of it was just their thinking in terms of his contract. And I'm sure some of it, even though he didn't mention it, some of it is also tied to the fact that even though you may not want to use it, you do have that second franchise tag in your back pocket that would get him back for 2021 at under $14 million for the year. So a lot of things came into play and probably the Broncos felt in this environment like they couldn't rationalize that sort of outlay and pushing him to the $14 million level. Whether you agree with it or not, that's what they're thinking is right now. Yep, yep, exactly. And just so you guys know, we're, we're just giving you all the headlines right now because we got to talk to Joe Ellis 
right mm -hmm. after this. Uh, and so we want to make sure that we get you guys the, the most important news right away. And of course, we're going to break all of this down in the coming days as the Broncos begin training camp as well. Uh, Mace, something else that happened. Kyle Pecco, uh, as of right now, right about lunchtime, is the only Bronco to opt out of the season as of now. Uh, John Elway said he had a precondition. And John Elway also said there's rumblings about other Broncos potentially opting out, although he hasn't heard any uh, anything confirmed that other players will. Yeah, and I think it's really irresponsible for us to speculate on which, which guys John Elway may be talking about. But we're seeing the opt-outs coming in around the league and we've seen some big names of course you know, Dante Hightower Patrick Chung Marcus Cannon in New England Marquise Goodwin in Philadelphia Michael Pierce in Minnesota just part of the of the list that is continuing to grow as we as we break this down so you know it's I would honestly not be surprised if we see a couple of more opt-outs here from the Broncos Again, don't want to speculate, but, you know, Andre and I had this conversation last week on the pod. Let's face it. There are some positions where you say you can afford an opt-out. There are some where you say, okay, we can't afford that. And I'll just give you an example. I don't think the Broncos can afford an opt-out at safety. Right. I don't think the Broncos can afford an opt-out at offensive tackle, even though Garrett Bowles is – the bane of a of the existence of a lot of Broncos fans. I don't think they can afford an opt out at, at tackle because you got Bowles, Juwan James, Elijah Wilkinson, and then a lot of question marks and unknowns. So, yeah, you, you kind of you're on pins and needles, and you're hoping that if there if there are opt outs, it doesn't affect your depth. But that being said, there's only one acceptable answer. For any player who chooses to opt out, only one acceptable thing to say, and that is, hey, we respect you. Good luck. Take care of your family. Take care of yourself. And we can't wait to see you back next year. Period. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. There should be no pushback to any player for, for having this. If they have a precondition, if they don't, they've got a young right. family member. If they don't, if they have a family, if they're single, nothing. I mean, I, I totally respect anyone's decision, and they shouldn't feel pressured in any way and may speaking of uh one or speaking of that Vic Fangio said that the Broncos are in kind of a mini bubble uh when they're in the building everything's pretty much as safe as it can be with all they're doing it's incredible all the Broncos are doing but he says the key for keeping the guys out of harm's way when they aren't in the building and he was asked about this uh, and he said it just falls on their shoulders and it's just more responsibility because they don't have the freedoms like they used to have in the words of Vic Fangio. Yeah. I liked a lot of what Vic Fangio said, but if you have a bubble, but then guys leave the bubble, you don't have a bubble. Cause the bubbles popped, right? <laughs> right. And you are, and, and as much as Vic can try to get the message across. And this is also going to be in the locker room as well. It's going to be on team leaders to make sure that Broncos players do the right thing. I mean, Drew Locke is one of the young leaders in that locker room. And one of his responsibilities is going to be making sure that guys know, okay, hey, if you go out, if you go to a bar, you go 
have a party with some friends that aren't with the team and you go outside your so the, the circle and all of a sudden you get infected and you bring that back into the locker room you are you are impacting the entire team and you are hurting the entire team so everybody has to think if they're not thinking of themselves and their families and their own health and i hope and i'm sure that they are but also think of the team think of the guys in that room that that's your band of brothers and anything you do that is outside the scope of what is considered responsible behavior right now it can have an incredibly damaging impact i mean we like we don't i don't want we don't know yet how the marlins had their covid-19 outbreak but uh, you know, heaven forbid for their sake if one of the guys went out and partied and brought it back to the team so it's on it's on Vic Fangio it's also on the leaders in that locker room to make sure that everybody is staying on the right side of this and every it's just everyone's got to work together and you because ultimately this whole thing is built on trust trusting everybody to do the right thing when they're outside of the facility because that is essential to making sure that the mini bubble the work bubble doesn't pop right and and, and that's you know what that's the thing that's going to keep coaches and and personnel executives up late at night over the next few months yeah and speaking of personnel executives john elway when talking about this mace i got the feeling from him that he's taking every day where there is football as a good day and he he's not uh, standing on pins and needles saying oh my gosh i hope this doesn't fall through he's not looking He's not saying, I hope there's a 16-game season. Well, he's saying he hopes there is, but he's not saying there will be because he doesn't know what's going to come. And I think he, he's just happy every day that football is still here. To me, I got the, the feeling that he didn't think we'd even make it this far with, with the NFL season opening up training camp. So it's interesting how many different perspectives there are there. And John Elway just seemed to be happy that we've made it this far. And of course, this far is the day that the, all the Broncos were supposed to report to training camp for the first time. Yeah, they're here. And honestly, I have my doubts about whether they'd be reporting on time. And it's great that they're here. It's a step forward. You just hope they can keep making steps forward. Unfortunately, even though you can create a mini bubble, the, the, the larger football world still exists, still exists in the world that is dealing with this pandemic, the nation that is dealing with this pandemic. So it came up during the conference call. I'm sure it's going to come up some more in internal discussions. What's going on in major league baseball, because unlike the NHL and the NBA and MLS, major league baseball is trying to operate the way the NFL is going to operate with players effectively in a bubble when they're on site, but going home at night and traveling to road games. And so you know, I, I, I imagine that there are a lot of people in the Broncos building and around the NFL that are watching very closely what happens in Philadelphia. Now, we have not seen any positive tests yet from the Phillies. After facing the Marlins this weekend, there were some more positive tests that were reported for the Marlins today. But if we wake up the next couple of days and we see a bunch of positive tests for the Phillies after going against the Marlins over the weekend, then I hate to say it, but there's probably, there's probably going to be some very high level discussions as, as to how to proceed in the NFL. Yeah, there, there certainly will be. And Mace, there's going to be many more discussions on this conference call because there was so much that we had. We'll definitely get to that 
But Mace, let's hear from the listeners. Before we hear from the people, I want to tell you about Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNBR, of course, supporting our partners and supporting us during this crazy time. And if you're in the Denver area or, or points nearby, you want to get in on that mile hot, that sam- that 15 can sampler the mile high sampler you can get you can get through drizzly if you want it delivered you can go to our friends at davidson's liquors as well in centennial and highlands ranch they'll do delivery curbside service or you can go in and get it but if you want some food with your breck brew why don't you check out the farmhouse down in littleton at their brewery of course the restaurant is open right now you want to make reservations if you go eat in person if you'd rather take it take it out and go home it's easy. Just call 303-803-1380 from noon to 8 p.m. for pickup. They'll bring your order right out to your car for you. And by the way, it's not just food, not just that elevated pub grub that they have down at the farmhouse. They've also got a full array of Breckenridge brews. So make sure you take advantage of that. And of course, if you want $5 off, use that magical code, as Zach would say, that magical code, DNVR. Get $5 off your meal. Breckenridge Brew, the official beer of DNVR. And don't forget, if you're outside the Denver area, you want to find some of those Breck brews, check out the Breck Beer Locator on their website. You'll be able to find Breckenridge brews not too far from almost anywhere you could be in these United States. Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DMVR. Mm, and why don't you enjoy that Breckenridge Brewery while watching some sports, as I know all of you will. And guys, the final 22 teams have made their way down to Orlando and are ready to get back on the court. And while ending the ending to this year's basketball season will certainly be different than years past, the shortage of excitement will not be. And there's no better place to get in on all of the action than DraftKings Sportsbook. America's top-rated sportsbook app. And to celebrate the return of basketball, this is cool, guys. DraftKings Sportsbook is offering all users a special odds boost for the first three days of the season. Bet $20 to win $100 on any team of your choosing. So take advantage of these slam-dunk offers. It's easy to do as well. All you do is sign up and navigate to the Promotions tab within the app. And don't stress if you weren't able to bet on games before tip-off. DraftKings has you covered with live betting on all games. And if basketball isn't your game, DraftKings offers great odds and promotions on all sports, ranging from MMA to to baseball. DraftKings Sports because it's U.S.-based, making it safe, secure, and reliable. Plus, it's easy to deposit and withdraw your funds whenever you want. So, Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code DNBR when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. So don't forget, enter the code DNBR and get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I'm always worn out after you read that, Zach. Let's see if the comments can revive us. Let's start with <laughs> Tommy Bronco. Hey, my boys. It's been a while since I've commented. Sorry for the absence. I still listen every day, though. Two questions for you guys. First, obviously, Jerry Judy is that guy we think is going to hit instantly, but I'm intrigued into who will be the Philip Lindsay of this class. I remember seeing Phil at training camp, not knowing who he was, but knowing he'd be special. Who is that? I know Stranod is small, but he is my pick. Mm, I like that. I, I, I like Stranod. Uh, I, maybe Derek Tuska is, is even more of that late-round guy. Obviously, Philip undrafted. I like what I, what I see from Derek Tuska as well. 
the motor doesn't stop with Derek Tuska. The question is whether he can make the transition from FCS to the NFL, of course, coming from out of North Dakota State. That's a program that's had a lot of success against FBS and even Power 5 schools. So if you're going to come from out of FCS, North Dakota State is the place to come from. They've been producing some NFL-quality talent. So that's a good pick. I'd say among the undrafted guys like Philip Lindsay was, Levante Bellamy is the obvious choice at running back, but also keep your eye on Asang Bassey, the cornerback from out of Wake Forest. And there is a path for him to the roster if he has a good summer. Moving on from Tommy Bronco second, I'm trying to figure out what I might want to do outside the military. I do like the field I'm in now. It has always intrigued me, especially another career I've thought of as politics. With everything crazy going on, I thought I could pursue being a new age politician that has experienced all this craziness in his mid-20s and could bring a new wave of ideas. I know I got to decide on my own, but would love to hear your thoughts. Sorry for the long comment. Thanks for keeping us going in these wild times. Cheers, Tommy Bronco. Yeah, I mean, I think being a teacher would, would be awesome. And uh, boy, politics, that would be, it would be entertaining and, and interesting. That's for sure. Uh, I was a political science major, so I would certainly back the, the politics idea as I'm so fascinated by it as well. Okay, let me offer a compromise here. Maybe you go into teaching as your full-time work, but you go into politics part-time, and one of the planks of your platform is increasing teacher pay. <laughs> because I've, I would argue that teachers represent one of the most underpaid professions in our society today. They should be getting more money. The other thing about teaching, you talk about uh, being into history, and I kind of want to touch on uh, something uh, that came across my wire last week. Um, a coach that I covered in the Arena Football League with the Tampa Bay Storm, an assistant coach, he uh, passed away due to COVID-19. His name was Bob Shackelford when he was coaching the Arena League. He coached the defensive line, but this man had a passion for history, military history in particular. He would take his summer breaks and he would go visit battlefields. And in fact, uh, sadly for him, it was uh, on one of these visits uh, over the summer last month that uh, apparently, according to the report, they came back with COVID-19 and eventually uh, died from it. But he taught for over 30 years, pursued his passion for history, passed it on to generations of kids at Sarasota High School in Florida, even did some coaching on the side for the high school team over the years as well. But uh, if you've got a passion for history and you love sharing that with people, being a teacher is a remarkable way to make a difference. And like I said, if you go into politics and can influence teacher salaries, then maybe you can make a, get a little money for yourself, more money for yourself as well if you do it. But I think it would also be doing, be doing the right thing as well. So Couldn't, agree. My... Couldn't agree more, Mace. My, uh, my mom, aunt, and sister are all teachers. And I, I would argue for more pay for all of them and all of their colleagues all day long. Totally agree. Mark IT snatches. Hey, guys. And welcome back, Zach. Thank you, Mark IT. Yesterday's discussion had me thinking. If Adam Gase is great with, off, with office personnel and notorious with the players and with his brilliant understanding of the game, is he better suited to be a GM rather than a head coach? And speaking of Gase, we examine his former employee, the Miami Dolphins. Let's be honest. It's not pretty. The teams are 12-6-1 all-time, and football fans were robbed of two of the game's greatest facing off more often. Marino and Elway only played each other three times. The only time the orange and blue, sorry, Seafoam is a shade of green, not blue, <laughs> was when everything was on the line in the playoffs. Is the 1998 divisional round spanking the best Broncos-Dolphins game? 
or did something top it? Okay. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure seafoam was the color. I always thought the dolphin's color was technically aquamarine. Okay. And <laughs> so it's funny. Sometimes it looks greenish. Sometimes it looks bluish. It's designed to reflect the clear waters off the coast of South Florida. If you go down to the beach in Miami and Fort Lauderdale compared to the Atlantic, as you get further north, the waters are, are this remarkable shade of aqua and, and they're picturesque and beautiful, but I digress. The best Broncos dolphins game. Ooh, you know what? The playoff game that, that was fun for the Broncos. It was a romp 38, three at mile high stadium as the Broncos were en route to Super Bowl 33 win. But I've got to go with the Tebow comeback, even yeah. though <laughs> it was not a great game. Those last seven and a half minutes are as memorable as anything I've covered. And a lot of things were going on that day. Of course, you had the Tebow comeback. You had Matt Prater hitting a 50-yard field goal. It was also, in a lot of ways, the birth of Chris Harris Jr. because he got forced into the lineup late because of injury. He made a couple of plays on the ball late in regulation and in overtime. And then, of course, DJ Williams finished off the Dolphins with the strip sack fumble of Matt Moore that set up Prater's game-winning field goal. So much going on, and it really, uh, even though the Broncos lost the next week to the Lions, it really started the run of Tim Tebow miracle game days that propelled the Broncos to the playoffs that year. So I got to go with the 2011 game. Yeah, me too, because that was the start of Tebow magic, without a doubt, man. Oh, what what a fun time. Good questions there, Mark IT. Count and for the. And he always asked for the Bucks. That's what. That, and since it always comes up, the best Bucks game against that opponent. <laughs> Real quickly, it would be a Monday night game in 1982. The Bucks were 0 and 3. The Dolphins were on their way to the Super Bowl that year, but the Bucks were a tough 0 and 3. They were shooting themselves in the foot. They were outgaining opponents. They just had a lot of turnovers. And finally, the worm started to turn for them on Monday night against the Miami Dolphins with a win. They ended up winning, I believe, five of their last six games in that strike short eight two season to sneak into the playoffs as the number seven seed. And it all started on that Monday night in Miami. And I think you can find that on YouTube. It's always kind of cool to hear Howard Cosell calling it an old Bronco or buck game i got a bunch of those on my hard drive i love to watch well how about that two uh wins against the dolphins that kicked off some pretty good streaks uh-huh absolutely count locula thanks boys i've now got bubbles on the mind all kinds go champagne go bats go trouble the board game go don ho tiny <laughs> bubbles go seinfeld episode seven season four the bubble boy episode of course go iowa tests and scantron sheets go carbonated beverages Go Iceman. That having been said, do you think the Sherms will run a plethora of bubble screens with our two backs if for nothing else just to have a theme in the offense? Love the count. <laughs> wow, that was amazing. And Mace, also amazing that you know that episode seven in season four of Seinfeld is the bubble man episode. <laughs> well, I, I just know that because of what he's referencing. I mean, if you ask me off top of my head, what is Seinfeld season, episode seven, season four, I'd be like, uh... It could be this, it could be that, but I just followed his theme. It's like on Jeopardy. One of the reasons why I enjoy watching Jeopardy and why I'm, 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 I still believe I can make it on there is that I'm, you can deduce sometimes the question from the answer that Alex Trebek gives. In this case, you can deduce because 
you're talking about bubbles. Oh, I need I need you on Jeopardy, Mace. I think you'd kill it. You'd be on one of those long streaks. Speaking of streaks, mm. uh, I, I I'm think... not Ken Jennings. I don't know. Or, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know if I can do as well as the the guys on the turn on the, uh, the the big tournament they had back in January did when they had the, the top three winners on there. But uh, I just want to get on once. I just want to be on Jeopardy once. <laughs> we would all love to see that. Uh, boy, Shermer should run plenty of bubble screens. You got to use all the weapons that you have. You you should be running screens all day with all the talent that you have. How about bubble screens with KJ Hamler running behind blocks from Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy? Would love it. Would love it. Or Jerry Judy, get Phil, get Melvin. Yep, all of it. Yep, Next one from Pastor Rhett. He says, Bluff or Bloof, I love all of you and every Denver team is young and hungry uh go america iceman drew lock mpj trevor story kale mccarr and everyone that makes dnvr dnvr pastor rhett i'm perfect there there we go that's how you do it and i totally agree there's so much optimism going forward for for this denver uh sports market amen hey the big t and by the way i saw your post to me on a discord i'll catch up with you later on today sorry I, i got a little busy yesterday Big T, hey guys, not many comments, so here's a mega long one. That's what she said. Catching up on podcasts and heard some fine Australian gentleman had sent you some Vegemite to try and a lovely Brisbane Broncos shirt. Very kind of him, but it reminded me that I promised to send you some Marmite in the early spring. Then COVID hit, and I'd forgotten all about it. So as I spent a while trying to find various places that would send you Marmite, I stumbled across an expat store in Massachusetts that would deliver to you. I got a bit carried away, but shipping was free on orders over $100. So to coin your phrase, they got me. Some of these might need some explaining, and they are by no means the greatest culinary offerings our little island has to offer. In fact, Marmite is the only one on this list that I actually eat every morning. But as you boys aren't going to get to visit England this year, now all London games have been canceled, I thought I would share a weird part of our little island with you. Would be great to hear what you guys think of them. Please share them around the office or even the bar, especially with Hank and Andres. And I, I am an avid listener of the Draft Pod too. No need to read all this out, but if any listener wants to see what I sent, the list it's right there in the Big T's comment on the podcast page at the DMVR.com. And it is yeah. absolutely incredible. Holy it cow, is. the Big T! Wow. <laughs> and you know the funny thing is, yesterday I, in the course of talking about what the, about the big t's potential package i mentioned prawn cocktail crisps and there they are yeah <laughs> prawn oh, wow. cocktail crisps I, uh, aka potato chips in the yankee parlance <laughs> what did i miss when i was gone mace you guys were talking about the big t's or, or the big t's big package yeah we've got we've got <laughs> prawn cocktail crisp we've got henderson re- relish we've got hp sauce oh my this is gonna be fun incredible <laughs> oh among among other things but yes the prawn cocktail crisps i got hooked on when i covered the bronco game in london 10 years ago and and for a while the uh, the little fishing chip shop gb fishing chips over on broadway they had walker's prawn cocktail crisp but now they just they just have lays and they're like come on i, w- I want yeah. the walkers imported i'll play i'll pay extra for this there is a great debate between australia and britain as to which is better marmite or vegemite obviously i'm going to say marmite as is easier to spread tastes better in the original the aussies tried to copy marmite and failed so maybe you could do a taste test to sell the debate once and for all toast some slices of bread butter them to your normal amount and then spread a small amount of marmite on them it's an acquired taste but i urge you to start small otherwise you may be put off for life 
their slogan is you either love it or you hate it. And it's very true. Peace out. And I hope you enjoy some of these English treats. Oh, and yes, they're actually all vegan too. I want to send some Cadbury chocolate too, but my conscience couldn't do it. So maybe some other listener, English listeners could, could send you some, the big T. Man, that is, that is a very fitting package coming from you, the Big T. I wow. really appreciate it. Can't wait to get our hands on that vegan deliciousness. We have the best listeners of any yes, we do. show, not just podcast, any show on the planet. I mean, this, we're, getting, we're getting Vegemite shipped in. We're getting Marmite and all these English treats shift in oh my goodness you guys are just amazing beyond words <laughs> yes you, you are and speaking of our amazing community wildcard chimes in says hey fellas with a slow off season i've decided or i've come to just keep watching highlights of our rookies and one guy keep going back to is derek tuska at ndsu the guy was a total beast what do you think his chances are of making this broncos team and if he does by what week do you think he'll record his first sack your boy wildcard okay I'd say probably a 50-50 shot of making the team. Uh, some of it depends how the roster construction is going to be. At, at minimum, I think he's on the practice squad. I think it, it, if he gets cut and he slips through, he's still going to be a Bronco. My, I'm going to guess that he records his first sack in week 14. Mm. By that point, you've had an injury or two. You're starting to see some different players forced in for playing time. He gets out there, gets a sack by then. So I'm going week 14. I'm going a little earlier, week 11. And Mace, I think it's just, uh, I think he has a better chance than 50-50, but not, not too much better, just slightly above. And wildcard, I already mentioned uh, Derek Tuska on this pod, so you know I like him as well. I'll be looking forward to seeing how Tuska and Malik Reed do. Of course, Malik Reed, undrafted, second year, Derek Tuska, rookie. But they could be competing for one spot in as the back as one of the backups behind Bradley Chubb and Von Miller with Jeremiah Takshu being the other Lou Drock. Hi guys. No question for you just to say hi as I've not commented in ages. Well, hello. Been hectic over here with work and the conclusion of the premier league season. Plus I'm getting into learning more about the Rockies. Can't wait for the NFL to start again. And hopefully it will, it will do it safely. Hope you are all well. I think this is my year anniversary as a DMVR member. So I'll drink to that. Cheers. Charlie and cheers to you, Charlie. Yes. Yes. Cheers to you, Charlie, as well. And glad that you're commenting just to say hi. We love you. Next one from Dan Burke says first Jamal Adams gets traded and now Marcus Cannon and Donta Hightower are planning to sit out for the year. Those two games are back-to-back road trips and early in the season, so the Broncos are catching some lucky breaks. Also, did y'all see that article Matt Miller from Bleacher Report did? It was about players who are likely to break out in the NFL this season, not specifically second-year players, and it was sourced by scouts in the NFL. Drew was the only quarterback mentioned, and the scout questioned said this, he's living in the massive shadows of Elway and Mahomes, which is unfortunate because I do think he takes a giant step this year and is the best of the year two quarterbacks. And then Dan Burke adds, and Patrick Chung, add Patrick Chung to this list of, of Patriots sitting out. That's six Patriots players that are opting out. There's got to be something more to that. No, best low-key tank for Trevor plan yet added by Holy Atwater. Because it's Bill Belichick, we're all going to assume this, and we're going to have fun with it. I put a few images out there in response to one of the, play, Patri- the Patriots players opting out of the season. It's funny because it's still hard for me to imagine the Patriots being that bad but you are starting to see some personnel hits and on the defensive side in particular when you're 
talking about uh, Hightower and Chung, most of all, my, my goodness. I mean, you, and you know, you have, and Marcus Cannon over on the other side, you, you are really absorbing some shots to the roster. I mean, losing Patrick Chung and Dante Hightower, uh, this would be like the Broncos losing Kareem Jackson and Alexander Johnson. Yeah. And if, if the Broncos de lost those two guys, you'd be scrambling. So now that Patriots defense that we've talked about as being the thing that could sustain them and keep them alive, it's damaged right now. And yeah. You cannot expect it to play at the same level that it did last year without some key guys. And I'm just – you know what? Again, it's Belichick. I just can't – I. it would be such a Belichick move to get the number one pick for the 2021 NFL draft. It just would. It would be. <laughs> it definitely, definitely would be. And, Mason, interesting phenomenon is happening. As all these players are opting out, the opposite is happening – on WGT because we just keep growing. You guys just keep coming to the family on WGT and DNVR one clubhouse is full. DNVR two clubhouse is full. So we've set up DNVR three clubhouse and we want you to play with us. We want you to play with this community. So how do you do that? Well, go to dnvrgolf.com, download the WGT app by going to dnvrgolf.com. It tells WGT that you want to play with us. Once you've downloaded the most popular golf game in the world. It's also my personal favorite. And it's the also the official gaming partner of DNVR. Go into the clubhouses and search DNVR, the number three, and join us. Uh, there's no difference between DNVR1, DNVR2, DNVR3. We just filled them all up. And if you're in DNVR3, you get all the access to all of the awesome tournaments that we're doing. We got one every single week now, and they are a blast. So come in, see if you're a better golfer than all of us here and all of our community, because we've got a lot of you guys now. So make sure to go and download WGT golf on dnvrgolf.com. And let's say you go on WGT and have a bad round. You want to drown your stars a little bit, make yourself a cocktail, have a Breck brew. Well, the place to go for that. If you're in the Denver areas is Davidson's located in Centennial and Highlands ranch locally owned with a massive selection course have those brick brews like i mentioned and the staff is incredibly knowledgeable and there are plenty of ways to shop at davidson's you've got the app that you can download and they will deliver to your home that app also allows you to place an order for curbside service very convenient they'll bring your order right out to your car completely safe very smooth i've taken advantage of the curbside service it's tremendous but if you want to go in and shop yourself, you can do that as well. They have a safe environment inside the store. Social distancing adhered to that staff. They'll help you out with anything. If they don't have something on their massive sales floor, talk to one of their staff. They'll find a way to get it for you. They've got some, some stuff that you're only going to find at Davidson's and very few other, not only, but very few other places in Colorado. They will, and if they don't have it again, they'll get it for you. That's what the kind of staff that they have. Make sure you download that app too, because there are daily discounts on there. And of course you can sign up for their loyalty program and get credits for every time you shop over at Davidson's. Make sure you tag us when you get your booze from Davidson's. And of course it's not just booze as well. It's the complete package. You can get everything you need for a Moscow mule over at Davidson's. You can get the ginger beer, you can get the lime juice. And of course you get the, the vodka and they have an array 
of vodkas to choose from from literally all over the world. Davidson's Liquor Centennial and Highlands Ranch. Let's get back to the people, Mace. Next one coming in from Litvatsky. We get mad Wednesday, but it's Tuesday. He says, I saw some of the NFL countdown top 100 players, and I am not even mad about not having many Broncos. That is what happens when you have poor records for a few years. But to tell me that Josh Allen, Ryan Tannehill, and Jimmy G are top QBs, I find it a bit of a stretch. I know that they were on the upward trend from last year, but I can't see them being a top 100 player. If Drew has a season, we believe he should. Him and the rest of the offense should be on the list. I also like J.J. Watt and Clowney, but they can barely stay on the field with all their injuries. They might as well have Antonio Brown on the list, even though he isn't in the league. Done venting. As always, OG MVP Litvatsky. <laughs> oh man here we go on the top 100 you know, ah yes there's our favorite. a biased a, a bias towards skill position players i mean this is a tale as old as time a song as old as rhyme beauty and the beast there aren't many beasts on the offensive line getting their just due on the top 100 it's one of the shortcomings of this i mean seeing jimmy garoppolo in the 40s <laughs> yeah yeah that's come that's, on man that's pretty high ryan Tannehill on there oh. for uh you know how long he played didn't even play full season last year started last year on the bench that's tough yeah uh you know <laughs> i know the players select this but uh i'm starting to question their wisdom of this speaking of the top 100 ldj chimes in hey guys so the nfl top 100 is in the 40s and i've yet to see an offensive lineman that's crazy crying tears emoji <laughs> i am nervous that zero broncos make the list and for Cortland not to be on at all as a travesty now hold on jarell casey's on the list yes he, he is did. and the bronco and broncos got that guy for a seventh round round pick as you mentioned <laughs> on twitter so. incredible oh boy so it may be a travesty but you do have a bronco on there and it's jarell casey if and von miller will be on it as well i expect if von's on it and justin and Cortland aren't man that's going to suck LOL context on Keenan Allen. I think he's a good player. I think he had a few years where he was great as a Bronco fan. I have never feared him. Have I ever feared him? Hell no. Look at the numbers, LOL. But I respect him 100% until he kept putting other people's names in his mouth. You're not good enough to call out people. Anywho, how bogus is the top, is the top 100 on a scale of 1 to 10 if Cortland and Justin Simmons aren't on it? I don't care if, George, if Cortland Sutton and Justin Simmons are 1 and 2. It, or not on it. It's total bogus. It's absolute bogus. Like we've said, we've kind of told you guys about how this system works. They go around uh, and ask players to fill out, what is it, Mace? Their top 20 players in the NFL. Yes. Then they combine those votes. Um, and like you said, mm -hmm. Mace, players are going to vote for their friends. They're going to vote for their teammates. They're going to vote for themselves. And they're also going to vote for the sexy positions that everyone's talking about. They're not going to be voting uh, for a very good offensive guard, even if he should make it. You know, they'll probably, they may have Quentin Nelson on there, but then end list. Yeah, this is time-wasting. This is, as was said in the movie Network, how TV is in the boredom-killing business. <laughs> That's where the top 100 is. It's a way of filling time. Yes. Killing so boredom for, for, for viewers and listeners. That's, that's it. So get excited. Should not be taken seriously in any way, shape, or form. Exactly. Get excited about, uh, about the Broncos being on there, but don't get upset if they're not on there. They're disrespected because it's bogus. 100%. Grumpy Pancake. I feel like we're Grumpy Pancakes right now talking about the top 100 here. 
Top of the morning, lads. Welcome to Tixular Tuesday. Enjoyed Monday's pod greatly. The band analogy comment was awesome, and reminiscing on Elam's tricky kick was also awesome. Freaking COVID, though, man. So I have a very unpopular opinion about how sports should be handled right now, and I hate it because the idea of no sports kills my soul. But to be frank, with all the spikes, with all the Marlins news, it really just makes me, makes me wonder why we are playing sports at all right now. It's almost like, say – a man and a lady have some nice woohoo sessions, but only protect themselves every other time. Then they're shocked when a baby happens. Mind <laughs> you, COVID is much more menacing than a child, but you get my point, right? <laughs> Joking aside, maybe this is only a baseball issue since they aren't enacting the bubble system. But it's a pandemic for heaven's sake, and we're playing with fire here. I just feel like sports commissioners are stretching themselves thin, trying to make these hundreds of modifications to seasons we, let's just be real here, probably will not see through to completion. And for what? prioritizing money and gratification over healthy lives just bleh in my opinion i know nobody including myself wants to see sports disappear again march to june were disheartening but i really think if we just buckled down and tried to actually contain this thing we're trying to hold these games we'd all be a lot happier in the long run a little short-term pain for the chance at long-term pleasure just sounds more ideal than trying to finagle a season full of risk i expect y'all will disagree and i respect what you have to say i just want to know your response to my thoughts love y'all fingers crossed indeed colin my first thought is you know you mentioned of course how baseball is not in the bubble yeah and you said maybe this is a baseball issue well football is not going to be in a bubble and while they are taking every precaution imaginable in the NFL with the Broncos, you probably saw on social media the contact tracers that also implore players to keep social distance at the facility. I just fear there's too much that can go wrong when guys get outside of that building. I feel like more and more, we talked about this yesterday on the pod, Zach, more and more I feel – like the NFL really needs to think in terms of creating four bubbles of eight teams each, go to these bubbles, play out the season. You only play teams in your bubble up until the conference championship games and just figure it out from there. Mace, if, if they want to have a season that's not interrupted, just look at what's been happening. NHL, NBA, pretty darn good and how they're doing MLS their too. bubbles. Yep, MLS as well. Uh, and baseball, just like football is going to do, we see half the Marlins team has it. Games are being canceled left and right because of it. Uh, I don't know. I think it's naive to think that that's not going to happen in football, whether it's one team, whether it's half the league. Uh, I do think we see something like that if you're not in a bubble. And I understand why you wouldn't be in a bubble. Uh, so, Colin, I think you make some great points here. Uh, and, and I'm certainly not going to, to, to disagree with you because I, I respect your opinion. And I think people on the other side uh, would say that we need sports as a country now. We need something uh, to embrace and we need to do it as safe as possible, but we need sports. But I totally understand where you're coming from, Colin. I, I, I do as well. I just, I, I get that. But at the same time, what we're seeing with the bubbles, the longer these leagues are in bubbles, the more those, those tests are dropped. I mean, seeing those zero numbers recently from the NBA, the NHL, and Major League Soccer, you, know, you had those spate of positive tests early, but then down to zero. If, if, if things get worse in Major League Baseball, 
I think the NFL needs to have a conversation about this. But the other thing is that if the NFL does go into a bubble, I know yesterday we were talking about a potential 14-game season, perhaps. If the NFL did go into four bubbles like this, because I don't think it's reasonable to get all 32 teams in one bubble. Right. If the NFL did go into four bubbles, I think you would have to really focus on a shortened season because I don't think any, I, I don't think you can ask players to be away from their families and you could do like the NBA where you have families come in after a certain time, but still, I don't think you can ask them to be away for, for potentially six months. If you go to the Super Bowl. I think you'd want to try to get that down to four months. The NBA, if you go to the NBA finals, you're, basically going to be in a bubble for three and a half months so you're asking for a couple more weeks than that I think that is a more reasonable request than asking guys to go into a bubble for six months so I agree I want to see a season something that was pointed out yesterday by Mike Flora of pro football talk is that there's been a changing in Roger Goodell's wording instead of saying full season the last few days when he's put out statements he's referred to a complete season Mm. rather than a full season yeah, and mentioning the Super yeah. Bowl, and that could be that could obviously be changed. Right, you can have a complete season that has a champion that is eight games, nine games, ten right. games. Right. So I think that's key, and I think that that's acknowledging the reality of what the NFL faces. But if we see some more positive tests around Major League Baseball, and I, I think this morning the Washington Nationals, who are the next opponent for the Marlins after the Orioles this week, the Nationals as a team have voted and said they don't want to play. They don't want to play against the Marlins this weekend. Yeah. So this, this is – the threads are starting to unravel a little bit. What baseball is hoping right now is that the next few days pass without any positive tests from the Philadelphia Phillies. You know, just because we've gotten to today and not seeing any positive tests doesn't mean we're out of the woods because it can sometimes take days for the virus to show up in the testing. So – just part of what we're facing here now is such a moving target. Well, and Mace, on top of all of that, one thing that we need to remember is the NFL will kind of be in their own little bubble. Each team will kind of be in their own little bubble through training camp where teams are staying in hotels. They're, they're all taking the same buses and shuttles um, during training camp. So if everything's good during that part, that's great. But what I'm concerned about is when they all break for their own homes and their own lives after training camp, then we could see a lot of that outside exposure. Again, I no one wants this to happen, but if we're being realistic, you just got to look at the other sport that's doing it this way, which is baseball and what's happening there. Yep, mm-hmm. 100%. The other Ryan says, all right, hopefully this isn't premature like yesterday. My boys, welcome back. Zach Attack, thank you so much, the other Ryan. I hope you had a great vacation. I did, thank you. Nine years ago today, I celebrated the end of the two-day grueling excursion that is the bar exam by attending opening day of training camp i'm sure going to miss going this season circling back to yesterday's podcast portion concerning the colts broncos game from 2002 that was played in inclement weather leads to this question who was indianapolis's long snapper in that game hint his name is weather related mace do you know the hint gives it away it's last name of snow (laughs) (laughs) colts long snapper Of course, Mace was going to have that. (laughs) Finally, I may be callous or insensitive, 
But I just don't see how in the grand scheme of things that having to live in the bubble for part or all of the season would be overly burdensome. Nearly two decades ago, I lived in a third world country and did not see my family for two years and got to speak with them by telephone twice a year. In today's day of age, players would be well taken care of in the bubble, be able to video chat, text message, and see their families from time to time, all while being paid in the upper six figures to eight figures in salary. Where do I sign up for that? Have a terrific Tuesday. DNVR me. Salute. Yeah, there's that point as well. They're well compensated. There are ways to communicate with your family. Um, that being said, I can tell you this. Um, if, there were, if there was a bubble constructed and I were still working for the Broncos and they asked me to go, I believe my, if I mentioned that to my wife, her response would be something on the lines of no chance in hell. Right. I, so. I think it's, I think it's easy for, um, you know, a, a single guy or gal to say that they're willing to take off for, for four or five months to get paid six figures to live in a nice environment than it is to tell a person with a family. What, what we've seen a, a couple guys, I think Donta Hightower was one of them who has a two week old or a two month old, uh, Chris, or a, uh, a wide receiver from the Eagles, I, I just saw come across the screen. He has a five-month-old daughter, and he's, he doesn't want to leave her. So I totally understand. If you are single, just being on your own, might as well hang out with the guys for five months in a bubble. But if, if you have family that you need to see, or that family that needs to see you, then it's hard to pull them away for months on end. Yeah, and, and we're seeing the opt-outs continue to come in. Like we see uh, Michael Pierce, who signed with the Vikings in the offseason. He opted out, and he's actually considered a higher-risk opt-out. There are three higher-risk opt-outs right now. Michael Pierce from Minnesota, Marcus Cannon, the offensive lineman from the Patriots, of course, and Caleb Brantley from Washington. And so that takes us to, according to this handy list on NFL.com, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, uh, 20 opt-outs as of this recording, including Kyle Pecco of the Broncos, who announced this morning he was going to opt out. Uh, his wife, I believe, has uh, dealt with cancer in the past, so makes a lot of sense for him to choose to opt out of the 2020 season. And Mace, I think that number will be significantly larger by the time we do this podcast tomorrow. I Next agree. one coming in from Holy Atwater says, Aloha. Loved hearing Ryan talk about setting up the four bubble cities in the four different zones in the U.S. I was talking with a client and fellow fan yesterday, and we discussed the what if idea of what if to make a smaller impact, if people left the bubble, all the bubble cities were small college towns that are empty for COVID distance learning we thought would make the most sense. What four cities would you choose? He would choose north in the Northwest, Corvallis, Oregon. Southwest, Flagstaff, Arizona. Southwest, Hattiesburg, uh, Mississippi. And Northwest, Ithaca, New York. Also wanted to chime in. Okay, yeah. You can jump in. Sorry. Okay, sorry. Before we get to the rest of it, I want to address this here. In theory, that sounds good because you could say, okay, well, there's the, there are the dorms that are sitting there potentially unused. In this day and age, unfortunately, you're not going to get the NFLPA to go along with moving into dorms for four to six months. Right. Basically they're going to, they're going to want hotels and they're going to want, you know, hotels to be of a certain standard. In fact, the quality of the hotels is something that is, deep in is is deep in the pages of of the doc 
documents that exist between the NFL and the NFLPA. I mean, they're not they'll put it this way. I mean, NFL teams, they, you know, they don't go stay at days ends. No offense to days in, but they're, when they're traveling, it's Weston, it's a Marriott, it's, you know, a JW Marriott, if you're, if you're feeling fancy, it's, it's something like that. So in theory, that sounds great, but you'd bump up against the hotel thing. And so just kind of tossing out a few cities that, uh, in a discussion I had later on yesterday, one of the cities that I thought about was Honolulu because mm. you're now the thing is everyone has to quarantine when they get there, but that's fine. Right. Everyone, everyone quarantines for a couple of weeks, make sure they're in uh, with state regulations. I mean, you could have easily have eight teams go out there, play at Aloha stadium, uh, practice there, practice at the university of Hawaii. And you have any number of, of fine hotels and, and there are hotels with vacancies around the country where you could pull this off. So I started thinking, okay, you wanted a place with a lot of hotels and you wanted ideally a field turf field in the stadium because you were going to play as many as three or even four games over the course of a day for scheduling purposes. So I started thinking of a place like Honolulu, I think of maybe Seattle, think of East Rutherford, New Jersey, or just Northern New Jersey, MetLife Stadium. Yeah. Sign me up for the Honolulu spot. That's for sure. Yeah. Fox, Fox, Foxborough and slash Boston, uh, Massachusetts, um, Indianapolis, Lucas yeah. Oil Stadium, Detroit, Ford Field. Right. I mean, you do if you focus on those, you do have plenty of options if you want to pull it off. You certainly, certainly do. And uh, speaking of plenty of options, there's plenty of places you can get your teeth clean, but none as as good as Green Mountain Dental Group and Lakewood. They're the best damn family-owned dentists in the metro area, and they're extreme Colorado sports fans just like all of us. And get this, guys. If you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. So all you have to do is take care of your teeth, and they will hand over a free Sonicare toothbrush. And when you go there, make sure to tag us and them because supporting our partners is supporting us. Guys, they're only a 15-minute drive from downtown Denver, and they're a longtime DNBR partner. So show them some love, and they'll show some love to you by taking care of your teeth and handing over a free Sonicare toothbrush. Well, Mace, it's been an absolute blast rolling with you today. Thank you so much for rolling with me. And to everyone... Thank you guys so much for rolling with us every single day. We absolutely love you and are so happy that you're part of our family. So for Andrew Mason, I'm Zach Stevens. Have a terrific Tuesday. Something